Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome on in to a Friday edition of The Morning After right here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. I am Tyler Trumbauer alongside Tubby here on a Friday morning to to uh, get your get your weekend started off right, wrap up your week, get things going right on a rainy Friday morning here on Fighting Scots Radio, EdinburghNow.com, and the TuneIn app. Thank you all for tuning in. As always, uh, big show today. Uh, normally Fridays are, and this one just lives right up to the hype per use mm-hmm. here on the dial. Uh, 9.15, Tom Reisenweber, 9.30. As of now, Josh Gleason may have him pull out, so we may have another segment of just Tubby and I being able to talk nonsense. And then at 9.45 approximately, we ha- will have Mike Fenner calling on in to talk not only Borough football as they take on Seton Hill tomorrow, to yeah. talk Edinburgh women's soccer. So Mike and I are pretty busy in the upcoming days here. Today we have Edinburgh women's soccer, PSAC semifinal action today at 1 p.m. right here on 88.9. Number four in the conference playoffs, Edinburgh Visits number one, Gannon, up in Erie, McConnell Family Stadium. That's a 1 o'clock kick, or one thirty, excuse me, kick. Uh, tw- one twenty. pregame coverage starts. Right here. Right here on Fighting Scots Radio. I'll have the play-by-play. Mike Fenner, the color commentary. And then on Saturday, Mike and I will be back on the road again to Greensburg tomorrow as Edinburgh visits Seton Hill for the first time in program history. And it'll only be the third time those two schools will match up. And that is a noon kick from Seton Hill. And we will get started with, at 11.45 with pregame coverage with Mike doing the play-by-play and yours truly, the color commentary. So, a lot of stuff. And then also, if necessary, hopefully necessary, if the women's soccer team wins today, Tubby, mm-hmm. they move to the finals, the PSAC championships. And then Mike and I will be back at doing women's soccer on Sunday at 1 o'clock from Erie again right there at Gannon. So we could potentially have three games to call in as many days. That's a lot of work out of you guys. A lot of work. That's stuff you don't do. No. That's why why you're in a whole different pay bracket than me. Right. Understandably so. Anywho, we're going to start off with the NFL, though. This may be our only segment to do so, so we want to make sure we get it in, especially considering... Thursday night football last night being the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns, the battle, battle of the state of Ohio. And I'm surprised. Last night, normally they have for the Battle of Ohio, normally they have for the halftime show, uh, the Ohio State marching band usually comes out for halftime. But uh, last night, as a part of the salute to service, they had the Marine Corps silent drill team. There you go. Keeping it with the. Uh Salute service and the Veterans Day and all mm-hmm. that, the camo headsets, the like. So that was halftime, but during the four quarters of play, the Cincinnati Bengals, they were they had they were they had some nice service. Uh, thirty one points putting up, moving to eight and O overall, still in uncharted waters for a franchise as this team. There's never been a team in Cincinnati Bengals history that is eight and O. And they beat the Browns thirty one to ten. The Browns fall to two and seven overall, and they're one and four away from the dog pound. Um this one solely on NFL Network, so Tubby had to illegally stream on the interwebs. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, I, I, I missed the first drive because I had to find where the NFL Network was. But, you know, I'd rather have it on the NFL Network. I'm not – I mean, we, we've kind of talked about – I talked about this yesterday with, with uh, Chewy, and it's just I don't need it to be on CBS. No, there, and plus there were so many horrible games on CBS this year for Thursday night games. They were, like, just blowouts. Right. I, I don't understand why they're prime time on Thursday, but – Because it's money. Right. Anywho, uh, Johnny Manziel gets the start 
for the Browns with Josh McCown still nursing a rib injury. McCown didn't look too shabby in this one, boys and girls. Uh, did did all right um, by many standards. 15 for 33, 168 yards, one touchdown, no picks. Averaged 5.1 yards per carry. Right. Uh, hat, or I mean, per, per attempt, excuse me. Four carries, 31 yards for him. So, Mr. Mr. Uh, football, Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the Browns? 31 to 10, down 17, 10 at the half. 14 fourth quarter points by the Bengals kind of seal this one for them. But the Browns hung with the Bengals for the first half. Right. For the first half. And then they tried to get tricky and outcoach themselves. But um, I was very surprised at our secondary. I didn't think our secondary was going to be able to cover the wide receivers. Uh, from Cincinnati, and they did a good job allowing our defensive line to get to Dalton a couple of times and get him off his mark. Um, I'm really upset with Starks. Had two key penalties, one of them being a taunting penalty, unsportsmanlike conduct for taunting. And he's a nine-year vet. You'd think he'd know better. Um, he also had, down in the goal line, um, also had a, a crucial offsides penalty where he lined up offsides and those are just mental mistakes that you wouldn't expect a a veteran like him to really make um I was really impressed with Johnny Manziel he looked a lot better than he had previously he took care of the football which is pretty much all I can ask for essentially a, a rookie quarterback to do um he did trust his feet a little bit too much I believe he did have receivers open down the field, and he chose to run instead. But putting the ball on target, his his receivers just dropped the ball. Uh, Gabriel tried to catch a ball uh, with his knee, his face mask, and his shoulder. All attempts were unsuccessful. <laughs> right. So, I mean, but Johnny's Johnny did all right. Uh, I got to give him that. And the Bengals overall, they're they're still the Bengals. Andy Dalton, 21 for 27, 234 yards, three touchdowns, uh, all three of which going to Tyler Eifert. Um, tying a Bengals tight end record for having the most touchdowns in a single contest, and Giovanni Bernard. I mean, from Looked I didn't good. I didn't watch a heck of a lot of this game, but he he ran with a purpose last night. Thirteen carries, seventy two yards. Um, Jeremy Hill also getting fifteen touches right. last night for the Bengals. So our Chewy and I kind of talked about this a little bit. Are the Bengals legit? Or not last night, yesterday? Are the Bengals legit? I mean, I think this win now is has sealed the division for them. Yeah. Um, before they even have to go through another round of the division. But they're 8-0 already. I mean, they'll probably clinch playoff spot in a week or two. Um, I believe so. I mean, and especially looking at the rest of their schedule, they have... Two course, serious games, or Chewie and I were looking at it. Right. I think they have Denver, and they have... I can't remember the other one. They have Denver and, like, someone else. That's that's Oh, that's could be an issue. Right. So even if they lose those two, you know, you're still looking at, what, a 14-2 season? Yeah, and say they slip up somewhere else, it's thirteen and three. Still not bad. One of the no. better seasons, probably in Bengals history. Right. The key for them is once they get into the playoffs, is winning that first playoff game because that's been their Achilles' heel. Right. So I, you know, I guess my prediction was wrong. I mean, they they are going to win the division and definitely go to the playoffs. So who knew? I mean, I, I kind of knew you'd be wrong. Well, you're tubby. Yeah. Just from so the let law me ask you this question to kind of wrap up this Thursday nighter is. Should Johnny Manziel content continue starting? Because that was your stance bef- in the earlier on in this season. You wanted Johnny the whole way. Then right. I convinced you to think logically 
and and realize you need to be playing Josh McCown. Right. Now, after you saw Johnny Manziel this week, mm-hmm. do you are you are you flip flopping again, and are you going to the Johnny Manziel needs to start the rest of the year? I think so because essentially the season's over for Cleveland. I mean, there's no real recovery halfway through, and they're done. Mm-hmm. So, I would play if if I were Petten, who seems really hesitant on playing Johnny Manziel, I would play him out the rest of the season just to give him a solid look. I mean, if anything, it can be trade bait. I mean, if he does well, you know, there may be another team that may want to pick him up, and you might be able to get some picks out of it. I, I don't I don't think Johnny Manziel will ever be more than a solid second-string quarterback in the NFL. He can come in, make a solid spot start, might be able to get you two or three wins. Like right now, I bet you the Dallas Cowboys would like to have Johnny Manziel because obviously they've been trying Brandon Weed and Matt Castle not working. So I don't think he will ever be a starter. And I also don't think the Browns will start him moving forward because I think Mike Pettin, he this season may be over, yes, but he's not out of the woods as far as losing his job. With Cleveland, you never know. Right. I know you're a Pettin guy, and I'm a Pettin guy as well, and I think he needs to stay the, court, the, the head coach there. Right. But I think he's worried that to make sure that, he, that this record and this season looks as nice as it can, McCown needs to be the guy under center. And I just don't think Johnny Manziel can last long-term in the National Football League. I don't think he could play 16 games in the NFL. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you're never going to know until he actually does it. But some people never get that opportunity. Right. But I, I don't know. I, I, think I've seen, I think I've seen a lot. What's the point of, of keep throwing in? You've had nine. They showed it last night on the broadcast. You've had nine starting quarterbacks in the amount of time Andy Dalton has started at Cincinnati, and he hasn't missed a game since he started. Right. We've had 23 different starting quarterbacks. I'm just going in that, in that simple little time span since, since Andy Dalton's I know, been I'm here. just that's, talking that's, about. I know, 23 overall, nine just since Andy Dalton's been with Cincinnati. Right. And we talked about it, I think, it was you or Chewy sometime this week, but we talk, I think it was with you, we talked about how head coaches look well because of their quarterbacks. Right, they're tied to their quarterbacks. Right. You can't keep flip-flopping. You can't keep going back and forth. You're not Bill O'Brien and the Houston Texans. Right. So. Right, but I don't think, like, I don't think McCown was ever brought in here as the future of the Cleveland Browns. He was a stopgap measure to get Johnny trained up mm-hmm. and or for us to, to draft another one. He's a stopgap quarterback. He's not, I, I, he's not a franchise quarterback. He's just not. I mean, he's gritty. He's tough. I like the guy, but I don't think I think that time now has passed, and I, I believe we have to move on from him, and I believe we have to go to Johnny Manziel. We'll have to see what they do. They'll probably make that announcement coming up in the next few days. We're going to hit our first break here, come back. Hopefully Tom Reisenweber of the Erie Times News will be on the line to talk local high school football. Hopefully the rain subsides before those kickoffs tonight. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after Tyler Trumbauer, Tubby here with you on a Friday morning. Thank you all for tuning in as always. So 9:17, our second segment on a Friday show, of course, as it's been for the last month or so now. Time to be joined by the Varsity Prime Czar, Tom Reisenweber of the Erie Times News to talk local high school football here in the show. Tom, how are you on this morning? Good, how are you doing? We're do- I'm doing well, thank you, sir. So now, you know, it's uh, it's Bringing the regular season to a close here. Most of the um, playoffs matchups are are basically decided. Just a few more seeds and spots to be had. So I obviously that is the 13th and the 14th of November that that's going to get underway. But you talked last Friday with Tubby here uh, about you know the playoffs going to be narrowed down. So after the results came in Friday night, uh, for maybe those that didn't see them throughout the week. 
what is uh, you know the playoff shaping up to be like? Maybe is a surprise thing, or maybe something that we should be already circling on our calendars on the horizon of a playoff match that we're going to want to be at on November thirteenth or fourteenth. Yeah, the uh, single and double A playoffs are pretty much set. Um, you know, there's not really uh, too many great matchups in this first round. Uh, you know, Cambridge Springs beat Iroquois last week to win the Region Two title. They're going to play Wilmington in the first round. Now, Region 2 traditionally cannot beat Region 1, so that's going to be an interesting game. Cambridge Springs is pretty good this season. Uh, I think they they get past Wilmington, uh, which would be a landmark game for Region 2. Uh, the interesting game, too, in single A is uh, Iroquois lost to Cambridge Springs last week. They're in second. They're going to play West Middlesex. Now, West Middlesex took Cambridge Springs to overtime this year and beat them. Uh, it, with a fourth quarter rally, so uh, West Middlesex is pretty good. Uh, Iroquois might have a shot at winning that game. It's going to be interesting to see what happens next week. But uh, overall, the South should dominate. And Double A, uh, there's really not a great matchup for our uh, local teams up here in Region Four. Uh, you know, maybe uh, Fairview taking on Silver Rock in the first round. Fairview could probably win that game. Uh, Fort LaBeouf against Greenville gets very interesting. Greenville uh, beat Northeast earlier this year. But it wasn't exactly a blowout. So Fort Buff might have a shot at that game, but you know, just like Region Two, traditionally Region Four does not have a lot of good luck against Region Three. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in single A and double A. Triple A still has to be decided tonight. Conneaut uh, plays Oil City. The winner gets the number one seed from that region. Ironically, the loser gets the two seed and a bye. With District Ten's ridiculous new uh, playoff format, the teams that opt out aren't replaced and reseeded. So right now, Strong Benson opted out of the playoffs. So the second seed, which should be Oil City, is going to get a bye in the first round, which makes no sense. And then the other game is Meadville against Franklin. The winner is the three seed, the loser is the four seed. The four seed gets Cathedral Prep, three seed gets Central Tech. So two really big games left in Region 5 to decide the AAA matchups. So now this this may seem bad to say, but if you're if you're uh, if you're Conneaut or Oil City, I mean – are you maybe not as motivated to win tonight's game? I mean, do you think it's it's more advantageous to play in that first round or maybe take that bye after a after a daunting season to be able to have a breather? Well, it's interesting to see what happens because that first round game, the winner is going to play East, so it's, they're going to win you know seventy five nothing. East should not be in the playoffs, so uh, you risk uh, injury there, but then you kind of look to the future a little bit in that second round. Uh, if you if you know, if you lose that game, uh, you're gonna end up playing Cathedral Prep, and if you win that game, uh, you're gonna end up playing uh, the winner of Central Tech and Meadville probably. So, really, it gets you into the Final Four guaranteed, but then you're gonna run into probably the best team, District Ten, which is Cathedral Prep. So, it's kind of two different sides to it. You get a week off to you know, next week to prepare, no risk of injury, guys can heal up, but then you gotta run into the juggernaut. Or if you win that game. You go on, get your blowout win, and then you have to face prep to the D10 championship. So they're really pros to both sides, but I'd rather go ahead and keep the momentum going and win the game tonight and, and keep it going. That's a good point as well. So that's the playoff matches, uh, matchups so far as we know it for next week. We'll touch on that more next week, of course, when you come on the show. Now taking a look uh, at tonight's action, wrapping up the regular season here in District 10. What are some games other than the ones that we just talked about 
that have playoff implications on the line. There's a lot of rivalry games, of course, that come with a final week of a of a high school football season. So what are some big games that you feel going to draw a lot of the folks from around the area to? Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, the two best games of the week might be tomorrow. It's just uh, not, a, not a huge week. Uh, you know, just the matchups aren't yeah, that great. Um, tomorrow at 1.30, the stadium is Iroquois and Mercer's Prep. It's a nice rivalry there. Uh, Iroquois is second-year coach. Matt Morgan, who was a longtime coach at Mercer's Prep, one of the best in their history. And at 7 o'clock is McDowell and Central Tech. Could be a really good game at the stadium. But uh, tonight, it's not great around the area. Cambridge Springs goes to Northwestern. That might be a decent game. Um, General McClain's probably going to blow out Strong Vincent. Uh, nothing really else going on around here. Uh, Seneca's going to host Youngsville. It's going to be a nice big win for Seneca at the end of the season on. Um, but really, the schedule is kind of weak. Uh, if there's ever a uh, Friday for people to go enjoy something else, it'd be this Friday. But uh, you got D10 volleyball semifinals going on in Meadville. But, uh, you know, really, it's, it's you know it's one last uh, game for a lot of seniors around the area tonight. So, uh It'd be nice to go out and support them in whatever game you want to go to. Right down down south in my area, Tom. It's kind of the uh, it's the backyard brawl tonight as Titusville takes on Maplewood. So this is like kind of like cousin versus cousin down here. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I, I really think uh, I, you know I, I was impressed by Maplewood for most of the year, but they've kind of fallen off a little bit. Uh, I, I took Titusville in this game. They've been better than they have been in the past, so. That's a very interesting game. If it was, uh, you know, since it's in Maplewood, I think it would be closer. If it was in Tysville, I thought Tysville might even blow them out. But it could be an interesting game with that, uh, that in Guys Mills. So you're saying there's a chance for Tysville to get their first win tonight? Oh, yeah. There's definitely. I think so. Tom, you have no idea what you've just done to me for the rest of the show. <laughs> um, so uh, as, you, as you said, uh, the, the Saturday contest might be just, just a little bit more um, important. And then for the – for the Friday night action, for the playoffs, the volleyball, the like, um, what? How is that dynamic? I mean, do you do you like that dynamic where it's it's the playoffs for the one sport are kind of going at the same time, or do you feel they should be, you know, that Friday night should always be reserved for football? Because I know in, in different districts they do that. They make sure that it they they don't touch the 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 sacred football that it is. Do you do you have no issue with volleyball overlapping on that in other sports, or or you just say you know football needs to have its own night? Yeah, it's funny. I was just about to say sacred night. Uh, I think it definitely is sacred for football. Uh, I don't know what D10's thinking. I, it's it's got to be his new playoff format that's spread out. Um, it's it really makes no sense. I mean, if you had games going on tonight that really meant something, you would really just crush the volleyball crowd because uh, there's some really good matchups in, in uh, down in, in Meadville with Fort Lauderdale taking on Corey and Conneaut taking on Northeast. Uh, those are two really good games, and the winners play tomorrow in the defense championship at 2.30. So uh, they used to have these games, the volleyball matches on Thursdays. Uh, you, you, you stay away from football altogether. They're just lucky that there's just nothing going on tonight in football that they might actually get some people out of those volleyball games. So I, I think in the future they got to take a good look at that and say, we can't do this to our crowd. Uh, maybe start the playoffs a day earlier in the week. Um, they, they started on Tuesday this year. Maybe we'll start on Monday just to make sure we avoid going on Friday. Right, very true. And then one thing I think is kind of interesting to me is that four District 10 teams have a bye this week. Uh, Fairview, Hickory, Sharon have the weekend off, and Gerard's season ended last week. I mean, that's just kind of an unceremonial way to end it. Why end on week nine, not have week 10? Is it just the way their, their, the district schedule is, or they could they 
I mean, I don't really, you probably know an explanation if there is one, but I just feel it's kind of weird to not be able to wrap up the high school football season, you know, in, in normal fashion, wrapping it up on week 10, on a senior night, the like, you have to end it on, on week nine. Yeah, um, I think all these coaches, there's uh, four of them that are off, and uh, Grove City also is the same thing. I think they, they all have week 10 off to get ready for the playoffs and kind of prepare that way. It uh, didn't work out for Gerard this year. Uh, they, they're not going to play this week, and their season's over with nine games. Um, I, I, I think they tried to find a tenth game, but at this point, you're scrambling. You're, you're out of luck. Uh, it's interesting how different coaches handle it. Um, Lakeview and Sharon had a game scheduled for tonight uh, before the season, and the agreement was if either one makes the playoffs, it's canceled uh, just because they want to prepare for the playoffs. So that's why Sharon's not going to play, but Lakeview, they're not going to make the playoffs. They went and found Grove City to play them tonight. That's an interesting pickup there. But, yeah, uh, you know, Gerard, Hickory, and Fairview do this every year. They only schedule nine games. Uh, if they don't make the playoffs, their season ends early, or if they try to scramble to find a game. But traditionally, those three don't have to worry about that. Gerard, this year, just had a rough season and couldn't play. So it's, uh, it's, it's a shame for the kids to not play full 10, uh, but usually it's to prepare for the playoffs. That's an interesting uh... – Interesting take on it. I never, I mean, I obviously, I know I always say I have a different aspect of it from District 11, but their leagues are so big, you, they go 10 weeks. You don't have a choice but to just play 10 games, and then a lot of the stuff isn't even figured out district-wise or, or uh, any kind of playoff seating until Week 10 anyway. But that's Tom Risenweber of the Erie Times News, the varsity prime star, who is uh, going to keep an eye on football tonight and maybe some women's volleyball as well, uh, Tom, tonight. And uh, we'll have you back on tomorrow, or not tomorrow, but next Friday maybe to talk. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. That's Tom. Enjoy the action tonight, and we'll talk to you next week, sir. Same time, same channel. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. That is Tom Risenweber there of the Erie Times News talking to us every Friday, 9.15 in the morning, giving us his high school football breakdown. That's very interesting that teams just take that time off. And, and you know, one, one matchup that I brought, brought up with him is that that Connie at Oil City matchup, Tubby, is, mm-hmm. is the winner gets a top seed in, in the playoffs going into next week, and they, got, and they have to play East, a team he says is very inferior, which, which the, whoever that opponent is should be able to easily roll by. But the other team has a bye. I would much rather. I mean, you gotta look. You gotta pick your poison. Are you gonna take the week off and then have to play a tough team, Cathedral Prep, or are you gonna play next week, risk injury, have to just work? Like you have to worry about East. You know what I mean? It's even though it's right. not gonna be a big, a tough game, but you still gotta, you still gotta game plan somewhat for them. You still gotta practice. You still gotta go suit up that night. You gotta do all of that stuff. You gotta go through the motions, despite that just being maybe a a, a an easy win. Well, I think kind of too. It's- it's a little. It might be a little. It might be beneficial to win this game and then go face these, just because you've already established a rhythm. You know, you you're in a routine. The the players, their bodies, they're used to it. They practice, practice, film study, game. Right. So I I think that they're, it, it would behoove the team to win and then play East as a tune up game. Maybe try some new stuff. Maybe not. And then, and then go into the next week. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. Is, because if you rest for a week and then you have to go in and play prep, which is a juggernaut, right? granted you have that extra week to study for them, but breaking your rhythm and getting out of it I, I think would be more harmful than good. Very good point. We're going to hit a break here on the show. Just got word. Josh Gleason not going to be able to join us today. I officially just coined him a weekly guest last week. 
and he, he goes and screws us over like that. Womp womp. So, uh, yeah, we're going to have to boo him. So no, no Josh Gleason, uh, no major college football talk with him. He's got, he's got a big fancy day job now that he's, he has to take care of. Um, he's he just a, a new job for him. He's making paper. Somewhat new job. So uh, he's he's got to take care of business there instead of join us. Hopefully he'll be able to join us next uh, week. And, of course, there's a lot of major college football action upcoming. We might be able to hit on that in the next segment as well as we'll go back to the National Football League, which is Tubby and I. Don't forget on the horizon, 945, Mike Fenner calling in to talk borough women's soccer and football. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. 936-88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after. Tyler Tubby with you here on a Friday morning. Thank you all for tuning in. If you missed any of this, just had Tom Reisenweber on on our previous segment. Good uh, high school football breakdown with that regular season wrapping up tonight. You can check that out on our podcast on edinburghnow.com, which will be up in just, just a matter of minutes here. Um, because working quick today, i got to get that right. done so I can get to Erie and get my work started. Um, let's go with college football ourselves. We're going to have the blind leading the blind with Tubby here and myself today. I was really hoping that, uh, that uh, Josh would be on today so I could make fun of him for really not respecting the Temple Owls last week. Right. Um, I mean, he, he picked Notre Dame to win. Notre Dame won. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But Temple did put up a heck of a fight last week. That was a great game to watch. That was probably the first college football game that I really watched. All season. Because I don't really watch till like, late bowl games, stuff like that. I have it on. I'm checking in. But on Saturdays, especially with Edinburgh, I don't get to watch a lot of the games. Right. You're trying to catch up on your, on your studies. You're trying to catch up well, on your, no. your laundry. No. It's just Edinburgh football. Well, I know, but I'm talking about, I don't like, study. post. Okay. You know that. Right, because talent. No, no talent, just no studies. Anyway, uh, going back to Tuesday, November 3rd, uh, Toledo, undefeated Toledo, no more, loses to Northern Illinois 32-27 to on that one. Now let's look ahead at what is uh, upcoming. If you look at Thursday night, what happened last night, a couple of games going on. Number 6, Baylor won over Kansas State, uh, and Mississippi State beat Missouri last night. Tonight, Temple's in action tonight on ESPN2, 8 guess, o'clock. Guess, I'll be watching. SMU. Yep. Who are you picking? Temple. No, you have no idea. You're just picking Temple to pick someone. No, I'm serious. I'm picking <laughs> t- I mean, no, I'm kidding. SMU, I mean, they should beat them pretty easily. Right. I mean, they're unranked. Temple's ranked 23rd right now. 22nd right now. Okay. Well, according to the site I'm looking at, they're still ranked at 23. But I, I'll just defer to you. Thank you, because I'm on ESPN. Okay. You're on like Yahoo, right? I don't know what I'm on. Probably because you are a Yahoo. Now let's look at Saturday's action. As as Josh t- uh, texted me, telling me he can't. He's like, it's a bummer because there's a lot of good. Um, games this Saturday, and uh, the biggest one is where College Game Day is going to be on Saturday, and of course that is with the powerhouses that be number two LSU at number four Alabama. That's an eight o'clocker uh, on CBS that night. Uh, some other interesting contests. Um, Texas A&M is 19th ranked, and they're hosting Auburn. Of course, that's always a good matchup between mm-hmm. Auburn and A&M, despite Auburn maybe not being the best that it used to be back in the day, say a Cam Newton-led Auburn squad. Um, looking around at some other ones, a couple of ranked teams, 8 TCU at Oklahoma State, who's 14th ranked. That's on Fox at 330. Um, Florida State Clemson. Florida State Clemson as well is another one. Michigan Rutgers, Michigan should be able to take care of Rutgers, but I mean Michigan needs to needs to still bounce back from that Michigan State just upset as as it be. Ohio State, Minnesota, um, without J T Barrett is Ohio State, of course, after uh, being suspended 
Uh, that's 8 o'clock on ABC. I'm sure that'll be talked heavily about with right. um, Ohio State and Minnesota. Yep, Cardell has to show up in that game. Cardell does have to play um, a good amount and show up well because you, Minnesota, of course, their coach just resigned due to health issues, and they won a good game last week. And uh, they're playing with a purpose now. They're playing for him, um, and they, they might bring that to Ohio State. So Ohio State might should watch out. It's at Ohio Stadium. They need not be upset here because that's, that's going to kill them. I mean, they're done. You lose to Minnesota, you're done. Right. I mean, you. I mean, they're third ranked, but the college football playoff rankings—the first ones came out this week. They were ranked fourth. Was Ohio State just getting in there? So they need to make sure that they check their P's and Q's because yeah, Ohio State to, to solidify their position in the Final Four, they need to go undefeated and win the Big Ten title. That's it. Which I, isn't I, saying too much because the Big Ten is not really nothing to be worried about. Well, I mean, they got some solid teams. I mean, you're looking at Michigan get, get, coming on. You're looking at Michigan State and Iowa. I they'll probably face Iowa in the championship game. I mean, it's still kind of, it's solid, but not as, not as perennial as say the SEC. Correct. Nothing as as perennial as the SEC. Florida Vanderbilt. Florida sneaking into the top ten now. This one's on ESPN at noon. Vanderbilt. Um, you know, they're always just hanging around. And then Notre Dame is at Pitt this week at ABC on ABC. This is at Heinz Field. In right. Pittsburgh, this is like an annual, this is like an annual game. Notre Dame always comes in to, to Pitt to play Pitt. So Notre Dame's trying to uh, bounce back, of course, after that that narrow win at another NFL stadium at Lincoln Financial Field a week ago. So we'll have to see what goes on with that. Now that's the NF. That's our quick college football overview without Josh Gleason, of course. Mm-hmm. For those of you just turning in, turning tuning in today, unfortunately. Not able to join us today on the show in his weekly spot. Gave us a few solid weeks. Hopefully he'll be returning next week for us here on the morning after. So let's quickly look at the National Football League once again, Tubbs. Give me a lock and an upset for Week 9 in National Football League for either Sunday or Monday's contest quickly. Um, upset, I'm going to go with Tennessee over New Orleans. Woo! We'll have to tell Mike Fenner that. Right. He'll be, he'll be a Tennessee over New Orleans. Well, I mean, all right. Right, and my lock is going to be Oakland over Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. That's an upset too. It is, but I think I think that Pittsburgh's on it. I'm sorry, this isn't coming from Browns fan Tubby. This is coming from okay analyst Tubby. Okay. I, be- I believe Pittsburgh's on a downswing, and it has to be Oakland. Good point. I'm going to go with my lock: Denver over Indianapolis. Um, I, I I mean that's a lock: Denver over Indianapolis. Denver yeah, too is too easy. Uh, well, I mean, I think you basically picked two upsets essentially because I think Tennessee's an upset over New Orleans. Okay. But I'll I'll, I'll let you have it. Okay. So I mean, it's a lock. Denver is easily going to beat Indianapolis. Um, hey, you never know. Indianapolis is keep firing people. Things might might figure themselves out there. You never know. And let me look here real quick. Upset alert. Hmm. I don't really like a lot of the matchups this week. Mm-mm. I really don't. Let me. I'm just going to go out. I'm going to go out on a limb. And I'm going to say Tampa Bay over the Giants for an upset. I can actually see that happening. I really can. I was thinking Green Bay, Carolina, but I think Carolina is going to win. And, I mean, it's not really that much. I think it's going to be a solid game. It's a great game for 1 o'clock, too. Exactly. I know so, I'm going to be watching. So I'm going to go, but I'm going to stick with Tampa Bay over the Giants because I just don't like the Giants, and that might be more wishful thinking. And, of course, all eyes will be on Sunday night, Philadelphia at Dallas, of course, especially for me. So that's going to do it for this segment. We'll come back. Mike Fenner on the line. Borough soccer, borough football, jam-packed weekend for Fighting Scott Athletics. We'll talk about it all here in our last segment. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back to the show, 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. The morning after here, Tyler and Tubby here on our final segment. Thank you all for tuning in as always. And as I said last time, check out our podcast on edinburghnow.com later on today. Final segment of the show upcoming right here to talk borough soccer, borough football, the like. Today we have borough football, borough soccer extraordinaire. Not Czar. We're not going to not going to give him Tom Rise and Weber Czar. We're just going to no. He's not at that level. He's not a Czar yet. We're going to give him extraordinaire. Mike Fenner is joining us on the line. Mike, how are you? I'm doing great, and you know, gentlemen, I'd rather have the extraordinaire title than the czar title, so I'll go with it. All righty, so that so now we're gonna have to change it because we don't we didn't want him to like it. So <laughs> let's go to the women's soccer to start things off. Game number twenty of the season for the ladies, and this one is a PSAC women's soccer semifinal at McConnell Family Stadium, one thirty today. Number four Edinburgh visits number one Gannon. The Golden Knights. The rankings just came out, uh, I believe, yesterday, and they are still the top ranked team in the nation despite falling off the undefeated wagon. Um, in their regular season finale, and uh, now they won three to one in their in their quarterfinal match. Edinburgh won one to nothing against Kutztown in their quarterfinal match. Now the two meet up at McConnell Family Stadium. Mike, what are your early thoughts of this matchup, which was just an hours away here? Well, I think one of the biggest keys is going to be something we saw come into play on Tuesday when Edinburgh faced Kutztown. The weather, uh, unfortunately, I think that could be the biggest bearing between these two squads. We saw it last time between Gannon and Edinburgh, uh, where you know 30 mile an hour wind it seemed like, uh, driving in favor of the Golden Knights, leading to them scoring four first half goals and hanging on to that four nothing lead from halftime through the entire 90 minutes of the match. Um, I think that could be the biggest factor in this afternoon's contest because Edinburgh got to play in good conditions on Tuesday against Cutstown after facing you know snow, hail, the like. Uh, the last time of the Golden Bears and Fighting Scots met up. Uh, unfortunately, I think that could play a huge factor between these two squads. I like that you used the like. I'm proud of you for that. Uh, <laughs> and you're right. 70s earlier this week, now 60s rain, high winds potentially, much like the conditions it was when these two squads met in the regular season when it was a 4 to nothing win for Gannon then, and it was probably a little bit more harsh than it will be today. I think the rain will subside here in a little while, but the winds may still be a factor in this contest. Uh, for Gannon, who are, who are some players that these, this uh, Fighting Scott squad is going to need to look out for? Uh, because, I mean, there's a lot of talented players on this team, um, but there's, there's a few you got to key on here if you're talking about Gannon. Yeah, Manny Bruckner uh, would certainly be the first one to key in on. Uh, had the first two goals in this 4 nothing win earlier this season on October 13th. Uh, the leading goal scorer for this Golden Knights team, certainly someone to keep an eye on uh, on the Gannon side. Um, and then obviously we can talk about the other two goal scorers in this particular contest. Uh, Michelle Dinettin with the uh, fourth goal in this contest. And then Olivia, I'm going to butcher this one. Augustiniak, I believe, with the third one, 50 yards out, which uh, certainly Ooh. could play a huge factor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, could play a huge factor uh, with that weather that we saw with those last two matches. Um, but, I mean, really, when you look down at this roster, it's got to be pretty balanced and pretty solid, good star power and good depth when you consider they've only lost one match. So maybe it's not one or two key players to look out for. Um, it could be a difficult scouting report considering how good they've been all year. Squad deep does Gannon go uh for edinburgh for the scoring opportunities alex brown the junior we saw was the uh 
the difference maker in Tuesday's contest with her uh, goal in the 67th minute of that one. For today, Jansen Hartman, Haley Hammer among the names. Uh, what do you think is going to be the biggest factor for Edinburgh today? Maybe it's not the scoring. Maybe it's a defender. Who out of the 11 ladies on the field do you feel is going to have the biggest impact today, which could potentially make Edinburgh victorious this afternoon? I think it starts with Haley Hammer. Uh, she was really quiet for the first half of the season. First portion of the year, she really you know, hadn't put up a ton of numbers, done anything really super impactful. Uh, but she's really come on in the late stages in the second half of the season. Is now second on the team in scoring with eight goals, uh, tied for second with Ashley Muckus in points of 17, and was recently named uh, to the LPSAC first team. Uh, so, I mean, I think she's having a tremendous back half of the season, and I think she's going to be really important considering how well she's been playing as of late. Mike, do you feel that these teams are uh, more evenly matched, or is it or is it like that little underdog Edinburgh was going up against this juggernaut, and Edinburgh has to play lights out in order to have a chance against Gannon? I wouldn't say that they're a total underdog. I wouldn't say that they're completely outmatched, or you know that it's going to be the most insurmountable kind of victory, I would say. Um, it's going to be difficult, though. It's going to be really hard, and they're going to need a couple bounces. They're going to need a couple uh, you know, good things to fall their way. But I wouldn't say that they need to play a perfect game, a flawless game. Uh, but those mistakes, like we talk about, uh, could end up coming back to bite them. But for some reason, I kind of foresee a low-scoring contest this afternoon, and it could be one or two errors by one side that does decide, it does determine it. But I don't think that they're completely outmatched. I think they feel pretty confident going into this match. They can at least hang around and make things interesting. If not, uh, come up with the upset win. I certainly agree with you on that one, Mike. I've been seeing the Gannon field. It doesn't hold water very well, especially when there's a lot of rain. Because we talked uh, to uh, Gannon officials, and they said it, it, it floats or drains out into the, si- into the city system. And when that gets backed up, then the field doesn't drain that well. So I could see, yeah. I could see the wetness. I could see that being a factor. Maybe a goalie, you know, miss mishandling a save, and then the ball's free, and then boom, there's a goal, and we have a one nothing game, and that that was the difference maker. So, um, but last time, I mean, we were we were right with the one nothing last time. So we, we could we could be accurate again with our score prediction uh, for that one. But nonetheless, that's going to be Gannon versus Edinburgh today, one thirty. On 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio, EdinburghNow.com, and the TuneIn app. I'll have play-by-play Mike Fenner color commentary at 120 for pregame coverage. Make sure you keep it locked here. You're going to do that, Tubby, right? Yes, sir. That's where you got to do it. So now that's today. Then tomorrow, you need to be able to listen to Fighting Scots Radio as well, the home for Borough football, as we're going to have Borough football in its, in its penultimate game of the 2015 season. Do you like that word? That, that's a big word. Thank you. And um, <laughs> they're visiting Seton Hill for the first time in program history. Seton Hill with two wins this season. Edinburgh still searching for their first victory of the season. And that's a tw- noon kickoff, 12 noon uh, from Greensburg. Edinburgh and, or Mike and I will have that call for Edinburgh-Seton Hill tw- at 11.45 pregame coverage. Early thoughts of this contest, Mike. Um, I know it's a lot to process. We have football today and then football tomorrow. Um, but what do you make of the Griffins and the Scots clashing tomorrow? First of all, you were just waiting to work that in, and I appreciate it. That Thank was good you. Stuff. Uh, but between these two teams, you're talking about really, it's kind of like a mirror, you know, when you look at these two teams in terms of running the football, uh, the lack of stopping the run. I mean, these, two, these are the two worst teams at stopping the run in the PSAC. Edinburgh dead last, giving up 247 rushing yards per game. 
Seton Hill right behind, 237 and change for 15th in PSAC. And then in rushing offense, Edinburgh 14th and Seton Hill just in front, about eight yards better running the ball, 13th in the conference. Um, the one area that's interesting, though, is the passing attack for Seton Hill. And that's something we talked about last year going into this matchup, something we talked about on the broadcast. They threw 69 passes a year ago at Sox Harrison Stadium, um, opponent record, and also 43 completions, another opponent record against Edinburgh. Um, but I would say it has more to do with not being able to run the football effectively and less to do with an actual strong passing attack. But let's not take total credit away from Christian Strong, the quarterback. Over 2,200 yards, 15 touchdowns, and he's got three different targets at over 500 yards receiving. Uh, so we'll see if that young secondary for Edinburgh that's played nine games together now has seen those uh, growth spurts, the strides that they've taken, and we'll see what they can do and lace up those cleats and get ready to run. Right, very true. I mean, Seton Hill last week um, I, w- was efficient at Mercyhurst a week ago, but uh, wasn't able to hit those big plays. This is a big play squad. That's how they get the job done, especially through the air, like you said, with that aerial attack. Only had 258 yards a week ago, did the Griffins. Uh, for Edinburgh this week, we talked to head coach Scott Browning, and uh, he said, you know, Jake Sisson, 50-50 for this week. He was injured a week ago. Uh, you know, we, we, he might not have been able to have a full week of practice. So let, let's say Jake Sisson, that was precautionary, Jake Sisson's ready to go. But what does this offense need to do against a Seton Hill defense, which, as you said, isn't very good? I mean, they're, they're one of the lasts in the conference in different categories you just, you, that you just uh, rattled that off. They are the 16th uh, pass defense. What does Jake Sisson and the offense need to do on Saturday? Balance. That's the absolute key. And you talked to Coach Browning. I watched that interview, and uh, you know one of the things that stuck out was when he talks about playing catch-up and falling behind. You're not able to run the ball the way you want to or the amount that you want to. I think that's something they've got to stick with because, as you just touched on, dead last in the conference against the pass, second last in the conference against the run. So clearly, you know, it's, it's a trying time for that Seton Hill defense. And the Edinburgh O has got to make sure that they're you know, keeping the run and the pass balance, don't get away from the run, and if you can do that, it's going to help you a whole lot in the third and fourth quarter, uh, not forcing Sisson to throw 40 to 50 to 60 times. Gotcha, oh. yeah. Totally understand. Sorry, you got something quickly, Tubby? We got no, about, no, go ahead. All right, because we have, have about 90 seconds here, Mike. So, uh, yeah, Burrow, Seton Hill, um, if, if there's one key for Edinburgh to victory, maybe overall, maybe not. I mean, we just said balance offensively, but one thing overall, what would it be? I think they're going to need a big turnover on the defensive side. It's something they haven't done a ton of this year. I think they've got to turn the ball over and then capitalize, whether it's a score by the defensive player or by the offense. I think that will be a huge example and the epitome of putting it all together and both sides helping each other out. There you go. That's Mike Fenner uh, talking Borough soccer, Borough football with us. Football tomorrow, soccer today, 1.30 from McConnell Family Stadium at Gannon. We'll have coverage beginning at 1.20 right here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. Mike, we appreciate the time, and I will just see you in a matter of minutes, sir. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. There you go. That's Mike calling in. We appreciate the time, as always, with him here on the morning after. I think that's the third time he's called in as a guest this week, Tubby. So he's putting in work. Yeah, he is. Certainly is. So that's all for us today on a busy Friday. Time flies by like usual. We have no time to talk. Thanks to Tom Weber for calling in to give us high school football insight. And then also for Mike Fenner, who we just heard from with Borough Soccer and Borough Football, uh, wrapping up our week 
Tubby will be in on Monday with Monday. you fine folks. Hopefully Mike Fenner potentially calling in as well to talk Borough football, recap the Seton Hill game and the like, and talk Borough soccer as well. I will be out. I have to go to Harrisburg. I got some things to do with the governor. The governor. I might be in trouble. I'm not sure. That's all for us today. Make sure you listen to Borough soccer today, football tomorrow. Tubby will talk to you Monday, and I'll talk to you Tuesday. Have a great day.